0: You're listening to episode four of the Thriving Mom podcast. And today we're talking all about five simple steps that you can take to help you get started with intuitive eating. But first, let's dance. Welcome to the Thriving Mom podcast, where we invite mothers and mothers at heart to think outside the conventional beliefs about motherhood, nutrition, and raising healthy kids. I'm your host, Uime Oguta, recovering perfectionist and non-diet nutrition counselor, on a mission to help smart women like you find food and body freedom through intuitive eating, self-care, and mindful practices that will leave you kicking balance to the curb, stop surviving, and start thriving in the beautiful chaos that is motherhood. Are you ready, mama? Let's journey together. Welcome to the episode, friends. I'm so happy that you're here today because one of the struggles that... My clients' experience and even some of the women that I talk to when they start intuitive eating journey, it's this idea of giving themselves unconditional permission to eat. And it's particularly hard or difficult for people to imagine because there are no rules when it comes to intuitive eating, but there are guidelines, there are ways that you can incorporate giving yourself permission to eat in a way that is not putting your health at risk. And I'm hoping that some of the things that I'll talk about today will sort of put your mind at ease if you are struggling with just knowing how to do it without the rules and restrictions in place. So there are 10 principles of intuitive eating, which can be found in the intuitive eating book by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Risch. But I like to provide a context for doing so with a five-step process for getting started with intuitive eating. I've also created a guide for this. It's on my website and I will include the link in the show notes if you if you're interested. So let's just dive into it. Number one, reject dieting and food rules. Rejecting the diet mentality is the first step in becoming an intuitive eater. This doesn't mean that you're letting yourself go or that you don't care about your health. On the contrary, Your awareness and understanding of diet culture helps you recognize how it influences your relationship with food. And it helps you figure out what's wrong and work towards fixing that problem. So, if you're not familiar with diet culture, it is a system of beliefs about food and health that's widely held and accepted by our society. And it defines our worth by the size of our bodies and how much we weigh. It demonizes certain foods while elevating others and keeps us trapped in the pursuit of weight loss or trying to manipulate our bodies to conform to what is deemed acceptable or what is deemed acceptable by society's standards. So what diet culture does is that it distorts your innate hunger and fullness cues. And it makes it seem like food and your body are things that need to be feared, controlled, or manipulated So in episode 3, I talked a lot about how when you ignore or silence your hunger cues, it's really hard for you to know when you're hungry. And then when you end up eating, sometimes you overeat. Which according to diet culture, this is not supposed to happen. But the problem is, your body is just doing what it's meant to do. So you may hear things like you can ignore your hunger so that you eat less than what your body really needs. And sometimes you might do that by drinking water or eating some form of empty calorie food so that your body feels like you've eaten even though you haven't really put anything in your body. And over time, this undermines your body's innate biological wisdom and creates fear around hunger and food. But how can you tell if the way you eat is based on diet rules or it's normal? Here are some ways to help you know whether your eating is being guided by a diet or not. So here are some ways to help you know whether your eating choices are guided by a diet or not. Number one, you spend most of your mental energy and space preoccupied with thoughts about food. You're always wondering what to eat. And in some cases, you may find yourself actually being anxious, stressed out, or upset when situations interfere with being able to eat according to those rules. So for a normal eater, who sees 2 p.m. as just the regular time but you who are on a diet and you need to eat at two that time might look really different for both of you a normal eater not being able to eat at two just sees it as okay I can eat at 2 30 or before two but if you've been on a diet or you're following a rule the two o'clock is the time and if anything interferes with that time it doesn't sit well with you Secondly, you turn down social engagements because you worry that they won't serve the foods that align with your diet rules or you don't want to eat in front of other people. Sometimes you might even go as far as bringing your own food and maybe hiding in your car or somewhere else to eat it. Third, you feel like you need to manipulate or control your food or body size. So you're always weighing yourself, you're always weighing your food, you're measuring, you're trying to control the portion instead of trusting your body to tell you, How much to eat. Finally you also have rigid rules that guide your food choices. For instance you only eat foods that you feel you should eat and anything outside that you don't. You could also have rules such as I talked about the 2 p.m. time but also there are people who don't eat after a certain time and it's not because of anything it's just because of that whole fear and culture. For instance I never used to eat after 6 o'clock And even when I was starving, I just thought, nah, I can't do that. I just need to drink water. And I would drink water and I'd be starving until the next day when I felt like I needed to eat everything in my fridge. It was terrible. So there are other ways that you can know if your eating choices are guided by a diet or not. But those are just a few to help you take an honest look at how diet culture is impacting your food behaviors and habits. Because when you recognize how they impact your food behaviors and habits, then you can start your journey towards becoming an intuitive eater. It'll be easy for you to let go of those rules and restrictions that are not serving you. So an action step that you can take today would be taking an inventory of how your food rules and restrictions affect your behavior. You can also take a look at all your nutrition and health resources and get rid of those that don't serve you. So you can unfollow social media pages, stop reading blogs, or subscribing to magazines that promote any form of dieting or diet mentality. Also, think about the rules that you may have, such as not eating past a certain time in the evening, even when you're starving, which was my case. And reject them completely. Give yourself room to learn and grow. So that's the first one, is rejecting the diet mentality. So number two of how to get started with intuitive eating as a busy mom is showing yourself grace and compassion. Compassion and grace are key pieces to allowing yourself reconnect with your body because they allow you to approach eating from a place of curiosity rather than criticism and judgment. I will keep talking about this for as long as I can because I find that this is where moms really struggle when it comes to eating. We judge ourselves, we're already hard on ourselves in other areas, and when we feel like we're not getting this eating thing down, then we just pile on the guilt and the shame. And that doesn't help us mentally or physically. So I would encourage you to choose to be gentle with yourself and try to explore what's at the root of your food or eating behaviors. And this might be really helpful for those of us who numb everything with food. I talked about why intuitive eating is important for us in episode three, so you can listen to that episode just to get a refresher. But I would encourage you to explore why you use food to cope. You may realize that you need things such as sleep or rest, and those are not being met when you're always busy and on the go. But if you actually take some time to get curious about your eating behavior, you might recognize that this is something that you need, and then you're able to, you know, take the time and take care of yourself. Number three, learn to honor your hunger and fullness signals. If you've been on any form of dieting, you may be used to ignoring your hunger and may not even know what hunger feels like unless you're extremely hungry or hangry as we call it, right? When it comes to fullness, you might also experience something similar where you don't even recognize you're full until you're at the point where you need to unbutton your pants because you're so uncomfortable. However, the reality is that hunger and fullness occur at levels that are much more subtle. Yet they're significant because once those subtle hunger and fullness cues start, that's when your brain kicks in. And if it's hunger, your brain kicks in expecting that something will happen, which is food will come. Or if it's fullness, your brain kicks in expecting that you're going to stop eating sooner or later. So let's talk about some early signs of hunger. They may include feeling a slight emptiness in your stomach, beginning to think about food, or what would be good to eat. You might also feel some growling or gnawing in your stomach. I always say as a good rule of thumb, if it's been between three to four hours since you last ate, you might want to check in with yourself just to see that everything is okay. It's good to eat when you begin to notice these early signs of hunger, because like I talked about in episode three, If you wait too long, you're more likely to overeat or numb and ignore the hunger completely. And that's the opposite of what you want. So likewise, early signs of fullness might be feeling satisfied or content. You might also have a subtle feeling of stomach fullness. So you might feel you're not really hungry, but you're not really full. You're just there. That's the best way I can describe it. One thing to note here is that these signals are very different from person to person. I often tell my clients to imagine that their stomachs are balloons. So most people will feel hungry when the balloon is about halfway empty. Others might not feel hungry until three-quarter of the way, or some might not even feel hungry until the balloon is all shriveled up and empty. And we don't want that. The same happens with fullness. When you go through the process, you'll learn what your own hunger and fullness cues feel like for you. But you have to make a commitment. You have to be committed to listening and paying attention because when you listen and pay attention, that's how you're going to hear it. Moving on to number four, make peace with food. So you give yourself permission to eat the foods you enjoy, including foods that were previously restricted. Yes, that includes chips, chocolate, and ice cream. And no, you won't eat only those for the rest of your life. I always laugh (laughs) because I'm not a sweet tooth and because I'm not a sweet tooth, I tend not to gravitate towards things like candy or ice cream. I'll eat them if they're available, but I'm not just going to go out of my way to buy these things. And I remember when my kids started joining us or started, you know, contributing towards the grocery shopping, telling us what they wanted to eat and my kids would ask for ice cream. Of course, the first time I bought ice cream, they ate it like the day was not going to end. For months, this just went on. Every time we bought ice cream, within days, ice cream was gone. The same thing happened. And over time, they just stopped. It's like ice cream doesn't exist. And sometimes we'll have ice cream in our freezer and no one's touched it. Why? Because... Something that was previously restricted. In our case, it wasn't like we intentionally did it. It's just not something that my husband and I eat a lot. So we don't buy it or we never used to buy it, but they enjoyed it. But because we weren't buying it, it seemed like it was being restricted. So when we introduced it in our family as a regular thing, it became this thing that they were obsessed with. But over time, they've grown over it and everything's fine. We've all moved on. So in the same way, learning to eat intuitively often means that your body might need to go through a period where you're relearning which foods feel best in your body after this long period of restrictive eating. I talked about the pendulum swing in episode three, so I'm not going to go back and describe it, but feel free to listen to that episode if you want to know what I'm talking about. Giving yourself the permission to eat or making peace with foods also means that you take away any moral attachment to food. And level the playing field for all foods in your life. So that means your choice to eat popcorn becomes emotionally equal to your choice to eat a cucumber. So when you eat popcorn, it's just popcorn. It's food. When you eat cucumber, it's just cucumber. It's food. You're not bad for choosing to eat popcorn over cucumber and you're not good for eating cucumber over popcorn. Right? So once you truly know that you can eat what you want, the need to avoid certain foods diminishes because there are no rules or restrictions to guide how or whether you eat those foods or not. Now just because you give yourself the permission to eat all these foods may seem scary and you know strange to you, it doesn't mean that over time those feelings will not go away. It doesn't also mean that those cues are wrong. You might have fears about not being able to stop eating, which I've talked about, or not being able to control yourself. These are valid feelings and the best way you can do is that you need to recognize that, again, they are the direct result of having a chaotic relationship with food, which is totally normal. Over time, those fears will go away as you learn to trust the signals your body is giving you to help you eat. And then you can enjoy a variety of foods just because you choose to. I have a list of affirmations in my quick start guide to intuitive eating as a busy mom, which you can also find On my website, I'll include the link in the show notes so you can grab a copy if you're interested. Finally, number five, practice mindful eating. Many of us moms are always in a hurry and there's no way that you can possibly get any satisfaction or pleasure from your food. If you're always eating like you're being chased by a lion or if guilt and shame about your foods are running through your veins while you eat. So mindful eating is a key to finding satisfaction with your meals. And of course, I'm not talking about sitting and spending an hour plus or however long every single meal and thinking mindlessly. I'm talking about focused choice on what you're eating, making the eating experience an enjoyable one, eating a variety of foods, and paying attention while you eat. My quick start guide to intuitive eating As a busy mom provides more details about how you can eat mindfully. So, there you have it five steps to get started with intuitive eating as a busy mom. I'll just quickly recap. Number one, reject dieting and food rules. Number two, show yourself grace and compassion. Very, very important. Number three, learn to honor your hunger and fullness. Number four, make peace with food. And number five, practice mindful eating. So before we go, I think it's necessary to say that choosing to no longer diet doesn't mean that you're letting yourself go or that you don't care about yourself or your health anymore. It's more about recognizing that your health is about so much more than just the food that you're eating. So as moms, you have the power to stop the destructive cycles of dieting And intuitive eating can be that foundation for your family's overall health and wellness. I hope I've given you something to think about today. And if you need help and support, please reach out to me, hello at oliveandbliss.ca. I do offer one-on-one support to help moms heal their relationship with food and help them integrate what they're learning with their families as well. All right, friends. I'm so glad you could join me today. Until next time. Keep thriving, mama. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please be sure to share with other moms. I'd also love to hear your takeaways. So please reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook. I'm at Olive and Bliss Wellness. If you hadn't had a chance yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate and review the podcast. Each review is so important to us because it makes it easy for other moms to find our thriving mom community. Be sure to tune in next week for another dose of inspiration to help you thrive on your motherhood journey. Until next time, stay thriving!